I'm Shannon Parrish with Parrish Farms in Cut and Shoot, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. Why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up? Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we are winding down 2022 and the midterm elections are just around the corner. But that's not stopping agriculture groups from working to secure more support for farmers and ranchers. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The intense flow of calves into Texas High Plains feed yards may be slowing. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Tis the season for pumpkins as Halloween and Thanksgiving are approaching. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have a report on slightly lower yields in Texas pumpkin patches, but higher prices and demand. All on Texas Ag Today. The American Farm Bureau Federation announced the organization's priorities for the upcoming farm bill. I'm Michael Clements and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. We are well into the fourth quarter of the year and we're in the final days of the current Congress. But ag groups aren't letting up on their work to secure funding for agriculture. Cody Besant is CEO of Plains Cotton Growers in Lubbock and he says they're continuing their work with our congressional delegation in Washington. We're looking at end of the year omnibus type submitting package trying to uh, secure some funding mechanisms to uh, provide some disaster related assistance for the producer segment through uh, uh, disaster related assistance for the 2022 crop year uh, sort of button down some of the end of year spending initiatives like uh, funding for bow weevil eradication uh, funding for improvements to the cotton classing facilities and securing more money for the farm safety net in the 2023 farm bill we need to improve and increase the amount of value that uh, we can develop more robust farm bill to to address the issues we've seen the last couple of years be it ad hoc assistance disaster related uh, implications where we just don't have a strong enough safety net today to address those issues Besson says there will be a huge educational effort coming up after the midterm elections with nearly 200 members of the House and around 25 senators who have never voted on a farm bill before. Texas dairy producers can now enroll for the 2023 Dairy Margin Coverage Program. 
The program helps producers manage changes in milk and feed prices. Last year, the Farm Service Agency took steps to improve coverage, especially for small and mid-sized dairies, including offering a new supplemental DMC program to better address retroactive current and future feed costs. Sign-up started this week and ends December 9th. Wheat planting is moving at a rapid pace here in Texas. The latest crop progress and condition report showing that 70% of our winter wheat crop here in Texas has now been planted. That is well ahead of the 63% five-year average pace. However, emergence of the crop isn't quite that far along. 37% of the wheat crop now emerged That is about on pace with the 38% five-year average. Nationwide, however, we're seeing things even more behind than that, according to USDA's Brad Rippey. With wide open conditions, you would expect a faster planting pace. That typically means that producers are holding back a little bit, waiting for an improvement in moisture, waiting for rain before planting, or they're opting to dust in the crop and hoping for rain in the near future. 59% of the Texas oat crop is in the ground. 30% of that has emerged. We have placed a lot of cattle into Texas feedlots this year, but James Hunt says that may finally be slowing down. In yesterday's report, Brady Miller of Texas Cattle Feeders Association told us that extremely high inventories are having a negative effect on area feed yards when it comes to fed cattle prices. With drought having forced an extremely high number of calves into feed yards in recent months, Miller says fed cattle prices in our area are being weighed down because supply is exceeding demand. But finally, it appears the momentum is turning. TCFA estimates that in September, there was an 11% decline year over year in the number of cattle entering feed yards in the three-state area of Texas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico. I think we pulled so many cattle forward early throughout the summer because of the drought conditions that there are fewer cattle out there to be placed at this time. And then some of it could be because there has been a little bit of rain here, spotty rain, but Texas has received some rain and probably enough rain to help keep some of these cattle out on the pasture a little bit longer. So I think most of it is because we pulled the cattle early, but some of it could be because with a little bit of this rain, guys are willing to hang on to these cattle. We're going to try to hang on to them a little bit longer. Miller says if placements can continue to slow and sales to packing plants maintain a good pace, feed yards should be in better shape. I think many of the guys in the cattle feeding world would see this as a positive report. With that being said, we still have about 2% more on feed than we did a year ago. So that comes back to the full circle that we talked about earlier. And when will the leverage change and when can we start seeing a better price for fed cattle coming out of the feed yards? I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas pumpkin yields are down this year, but Tom Nicoletti tells us demand and prices are up. The pumpkin harvest in Floyd County, northeast of Lubbock, is the top producing area in the state. We go to Floydata, and Mark Carroll is my guest today. He is uh, with the Texas AgriLife Extension, Floyd County. And Mark, let's talk about those uh, yields impacted by this year's drought. How low are they? They're down slightly from what we consider a typical crop. Our crop last year was down about 30% overall, but we were able to make up some ground this year. They were only down, depending on the producer, down from 10 to 20% to the county. We had a very, very dry summer going into our 
season this year. And how does uh, all of that impact the quality of those pumpkins? Actually, the drought helps the pumpkins in terms of heat. Pumpkins are very susceptible to funguses, and so producers were not having to spray for funguses like they normally do. All of our pumpkins in Floyd County are on drip irrigation, so they're on irrigated system. So um, they're able to uh, have a decent pumpkin crop. As I understand, there's a high demand by consumers for pumpkins this uh, season for October for Halloween, which is uh, less than two weeks away. And of course, they keep them around into November towards Thanksgiving. So what is that demand? And consumers are also paying higher prices. What about prices? Local pumpkin producers are saying that there is increase in how much they're getting for their pumpkins, but you have to consider inputs across the board, whether it's fuel or labor, everything have gone up. But they said, despite the uh, higher prices, demand is strong. They're unable to fulfill all their orders, but they had a really good season this season selling what they did produce. That is Mark Carroll. He is Texas AgriLife Extension Agent for Agriculture in Floyd County. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The nation's largest farm organization has announced their priorities for the upcoming farm bill. Michael Clements has the story from Washington. American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duvall announced AFBF's priorities Thursday for the upcoming Farm Bill renewal. The priorities include maintaining Farm Bill program funding. The Farm Bill funding is an investment in some of the most fundamental elements of a strong country, one being a strong food supply. Farm Bill has a long tradition of inspiring lawmakers to rise above politics to achieve a common goal. We urge the 118th Congress, when it's seated, to carry out and carry on that tradition. AFBF's key priorities include keeping nutrition and farm programs together and supporting risk management tools. Another priority is to maintain a unified farm bill which keeps nutrition and farm programs together. Why is that so important? Because it makes perfect sense that one single bill support the people who produce the food and support the people who need assistance accessing nutritious food for their families. And federal crop insurance commodity programs help to balance the volatility that farmers face, which is important to ensure a stable food supply. Duvall says the challenge ahead will be to make sure every member of Congress understands the importance of the legislation. There's a huge percentage of Congress that has not had this challenge in front of them. And we need to make them understand how important it is to all Americans, whether you're in rural America, whether you farm or not, or whether you're in urban America. And it's not just about farming. It is about America and its national security. Farm Bureau delegates will consider and give final approval to the priorities during the 2023 Farm Bureau Convention in Puerto Rico. Learn more at fb.org. From Washington, I'm Michael Clements for Texas Ag Today. Registration is now underway for the next Small Acreage Big Opportunity Program. The program helps landowners learn more about things like wildlife tax valuation and creating pollinator and wildlife habitat. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And with the big loss of winter forage this year due to the drought, we may see more downed cows this winter. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. 
So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. We lost a lot of winter forage this year due to the drought, and as a result of that, we may see more downed cows this winter. Dr. Bob Judd looks at some ways you can handle downed cows. There are multiple causes of downer cows, and a lack of nutrition is just one of them. This is a frustrating syndrome to treat because so few of the cows respond to treatment unless it is a minor injury or a calcium deficiency. Dr. Shaw Perrin from Ohio State indicates in Bovine Veterinarian that these downed cows should be treated as an emergency and require immediate assistance to move them to a safe and covered location out of the weather. If a cow is down due to a broken leg or unresponsive, euthanasia is likely the best option. So calling your veterinarian to get a diagnosis of the cause of the problem is a good idea. If euthanasia is not required, moving the cow to a safe location is the first treatment. And this is a procedure you need to be prepared to perform so you can be ready when a cow goes down, and it will happen if you have cows. Rigging up a sled and a lift to raise and move these cows safely without injuring them should be already available. A bucket loader can be effective as long as you pad the edges to prevent injury. Dragging the cow by the head and neck can injure the cow and should never be done. Hip lifters are available and are effective at lifting the cow, but should not be used to pull the cow around. Make sure the cow is on a non-slip surface once she is moved so she can rise and not fall. Be sure and have plenty of fresh water and feed available that the cow can access easily. As far as treatment, unless the cow has a specific condition that can be treated like milk fever, giving the cow a dose of flunixin can be helpful to reduce pain and inflammation. The longer the cow stays down, the less likely she is to respond to treatment. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Registration is now underway for the next Small Acreage Big Opportunity Program. Jessica Domel tells more about what that program is in today's Wildlife Report. Registration is now underway for the next Small Acreage Big Opportunity Workshop hosted by the Texas Wildlife Association and Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. Amanda Gobley, TWA Conservation Education Specialist, joins us with more. We like to use the acronym SABO sometimes to refer to these, but they are day-long programs that are for owners of relatively small acreage landscapes who are specifically wanting to manage for native Texas species. So a lot of the folks who attend our, our SABO programs are like focused on like pollinators, for example, or songbirds, or are just looking to learn more about what kind of species they could focus on and how they can curate their land to support those species. The next SABO program is October 28th in Wharton County. Cost is $80 and includes lunch. There's a few topics that we cover at every SABO, one of which is like wildlife tax valuation, for example, as well as any like local co-op opportunities where landowners might be able to work together with their neighbors or cost shares that could potentially help them offset some of the financial burden associated with that management. And every SABO also is an opportunity to meet some local professionals. 
So that includes members of like Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, NRCS, and other organizations who can be there to answer questions for our landowners. So no matter where the SABO is happening, we always make sure to have those elements. We have some topics that are also kind of unique to this particular SABO. We do try to cater some of the topics to the the area or the region where they're taking place. So because Wharton is kind of close to the coast out there, we are looking at like a lot of wetlands issues and management opportunities, for example. You can register for the program on the Texas Wildlife Association's website, texas-wildlife.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time to look at the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. And we're back looking at another lopsided matchup, Jim. Today we have a combine taking on a train. Yeah, that heavy train is about a thousand times heavier than the combine. No competition there. Right, especially given that it'll take at least a mile to stop that train. That's 18 football fields. It's no contest. Every day people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings. See tracks, think train. This message brought to you by Operation Lifesaver. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Supported by corn trading lower and strong demand, the cattle complex traded higher on Wednesday. October live cattle up 87 cents to 149.35. December live cattle up $1.57 to 151.35. February 2023 live cattle up $1.47 to 154.25. October feeder cattle up 40 cents to 175.22. November feeder cattle up 25 cents to 178.07. January 2023 feeder cattle up 87 cents to 180.07. Box beef was higher Wednesday. Choice up $2.46 to $253.34. Select up $2 to $223.28. Now let's take a look at those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Today he's joined by Seth Crane of Union Commission Company in Hondo. Seth, how'd the Monday sale go? A uh, good run of cattle, Larry, 488 head. Packer cows, a uh, little better than the end of last week, maybe a little bit cheaper, though, than there last Monday. 33 on those lower-yielding top cows, up to 77 on the top cow. Uh, Packer bulls, uh, kind of the same deal, 35, up to 98 cents on our top bull. Did have one replacement bull there today. Uh, bring us bull, bring right at 2100. Uh, had a handful of pairs. They got along pretty good, 950 to 1230 in our bread cows as well, 7 and a quarter to 10. 20. Calf and yearling market uh, did not think the quality was as good as it was last week. Your two to four weight steers, anywhere from 122 up to 165. Your two to four weight heifers, 115 to 154. Uh, getting into five to six weight steers, dollar thirty to 159. Quite a few of those five weight cattle still bringing 145 up over 150. Five to six weight heifers, 118 to 142. Six to seven weight steers, dollar twenty-two to 142. Your six to seven weight heifers, dollar eight to 140. 7 to 8 weight steers and bull yearlings, 115 to 136. And your 7 to 8 weight heifers, $1.2 to 140. As uh, far as 
replacement heifers, had quite a few Brangus heifers again, weighing five to six on up to seven, bring anywhere from a dollar thirty-five up to one fifty-five on those replacements. So got along well good there. Hopefully this rain will kind of push us forward, improve this market. In the meantime, our next sales next week. If you need anything, feel free to holler eight three zero seven four one eight zero six one. Give me on my cell phone two one zero two eight eight thirty nine sixty. And for updates and information, visit us on Facebook or HondoLivestock.com. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Fueled by strong demand, lean hogs traded higher for much of the day Wednesday. December lean hogs up 90 cents to 87.37. February lean hogs up $1.20 to 89 even. Block cheese was unchanged Wednesday at $2.05. Barrel cheese up a penny and a half to $2.20. October class 3 milk even at $21.74 a hundredweight. November class 3 milk up 58 cents to $21.28 a hundredweight. Cotton was limit down Wednesday on recession fears and waning demand. December cotton down 400 points to 78.29. March cotton down 347 points to 77.97. December 2023 cotton down 132 points to 74.43. Corn was lower Wednesday as U.S. corn harvest continues. December corn down two and three quarters to 678 and a quarter. March corn down two and a half to six eighty four and a half. September corn down one and a quarter to six thirty three and a half. December hard red wheat down two and three quarters to nine forty one and three quarters. March hard red wheat down two and three quarters to nine thirty nine and three quarters. July twenty twenty three hard red wheat down three and a quarter to nine thirty and three quarters. November soybeans were up a half Wednesday to 13.72 and a half. November natural gas fell 28 cents Wednesday to 5.45. December natural gas fell 31 cents to 5.92. November crude oil rose $2.24 to 85.06 a barrel Wednesday. December crude oil up $1.94 to 84.01 a barrel. Now let's check our financial markets and see how they fared for us on Wednesday. The Dow was down 194 points to 30,329. The S&P 500 down 34 points to 3,686. And the NASDAQ down 127 points to 10,643. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.